What's up, church? How you guys doing this morning? All right, good, 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 good. Um, missed you last week. Last week, Kate and I, we took the kids all the way to Kansas City uh, for a wedding. And a lot of you guys have been asking me this morning, hey, so how was your trip? Or how, what you say is, how was your vacation? And I don't know if vacation's the word I would use to describe uh, taking a two-year-old, four-year-old, and six-year-old across country um, for several days. Um, usually I think of vacation as like really relaxing. You know what I mean? And um, I wouldn't necessarily use that word to describe our trip, but, uh, but it, was, it was good. And uh, every single day, it's, you parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Um, but every single day, we, it's like we had something going. On Thursday, we left, we cleaned the house, and uh, we drove to Chicago. We spent the night in Chicago. It's Friday morning, we got up early. We drove all the way to Kansas City, just enough time to check into our hotel, get the kids all dressed up, and uh, go to the rehearsal dinner on Friday night. After that, it's late, and so you get back to the hotel, you put the kids in bed, and then Kate and I, we are exhausted. On Saturday morning, we wake up early, we get the kids dressed, we go to a wedding, and then after after that, you got the reception that lasts most of the afternoon. And then on Saturday night, Kate and I, we did get a chance to leave the kids behind, all right? Kate's mom, bless her, all right, washed the kids in our hotel room and put them to bed as Kate and I went downtown Kansas City with a bunch of other people our age um, with, uh, with the, from the wedding party, and we just had a good time downtown Kansas City. But then you get back at like 1 in the morning, and uh, you go to bed. And you wake up early on Sunday morning, and it's driving all the way back to Chicago, and then we stay in Chicago for a day, and then after that, we drive to Indiana, and we stay there for like an afternoon and morning, and then we drive home. So that's kind of what our trip looked like. It wasn't much relaxing. We were on the go 24-7. And one thing that I realized during this week of me being with my children for 24-7 um, is that uh, my kids could do some major complaining. Have you noticed that? I mean, have you parents noticed that about your kids? Right? No, never, right? They, they, can't, they don't do that. I mean, my kids could do some major complaining. And not only just complaining about normal things, my kids really are they're really good at complaining about dumb things. All right? And so I've heard all kinds of complaints throughout the trip. And uh, one, just to give one example is when Kate is handing out snacks of Cheez-Its. Okay, you know what a Cheez-It is, right? They're all the same, right? One of my kids gets their Cheez-It and says, I don't want this Cheez-It. I want that Cheez-It. You know, stuff like that where you're just like, they're all the same. There's no difference. All right, take your Cheez-Its and go. You know, just, uh, just come on. Zip it is what I should have been saying. Um, but not only can my kids do com some major complaining, I realize that I, too, um, am a complainer. And the truth is, every single one of us, we all are complainers. I mean, think about all the things that we complain about on a regular basis. You ever complain about work? Right? Ever complain about your boss? Right? Ever complain about food or the weather? Or how about this last week, gas prices? You ever complain about that? Okay. Ever complain about the government? Ever complain about the people around you? Ever complain about the Wi-Fi? Um, we complain about, I think if we could really understand, I don't think we get it. I don't think we understand how much complaining that we do in our lives. Just on Friday, as I'm writing this message and trying to figure out what I'm going to say today, one of my buddies calls me up and he's telling me about a, a person at work who just complains all the time. And he's just like, man, she just complains about this. She complains about that. And we, we, try, to, we try to do things differently for her. And then she complains about that. We try to go you know, out of our way to accommodate her. And she's complaining. And I'm like, oh, man, those people are so terrible. I hate you know, being around those people. It just brings you down, all this stuff. And then I realize, I'm like, oh, man. I'm complaining about people complaining. You know what I mean? 
It's like that kind of stuff. We complain all the time. It's like, it's like a part of us. I mean, think about all the dumb things. Like, I get, you know, my kids complain about dumb things. Think about all the dumb things we complain about. All right, we complain sitting in the drive-thru for 10 minutes as they hand us hot, ready, you know, food that we didn't have to cook ourselves, okay? But it's not fast enough for us. We complain as we sit on the couch and the remote is just out of reach. We got to stand up and we got to take a step and we got to grab it. We find that very annoying. We complain about that. We complain about the AC being too cold in the summer. We complain about being tired after we work out. Well, duh, right? You chose that. Like, I don't have to worry about that. But, uh, but it's like, yeah, that's what happens, right? Don't complain. You did that yourself. See, some of you guys, I mean, let's be honest. Some of you guys complain all the way to church today. It's too hot, it's too cold, you're driving too fast, we're late, you're driving too slow, all right, I'm tired, I'm hungry, the parking lot's not finished, like, what the heck, I gotta park over here, this is where I normally park, we're gonna get a bad seat. It's just all these things that we complain about, and we complain all the time, all right? I, uh, as I'm thinking about this past week, as I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure out, um, I'm, try- I'm thinking about complaining and just how much we complain and just all that kind of stuff. Um, there's different types of complaining, you know what I mean? And so I want to talk through some of these different types that, uh, that, that kind of came up with. Um, the first person is like the whiner. You know that person? Okay, by the way, as you're sitting here and as I go through some of these types, I guarantee you, you could think of somebody who's going to match each and every one of these types, okay? Like you could picture the person in your head. Um, but you got the whiner. The whiner, I mean, this is the type of person when they complain, it's just life is not fair. Nothing's ever fair. It's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair. I mean, everything is about fairness, and we, and we complain, we whine about it just constantly. Like, that's just, that's just a way that some people complain. Other people, I mean, they're like the martyrs out there, you know? These are the type of people who kind of mope around, and they're like, nobody cares about me, right? Nobody appreciates me. Nobody's helping me. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll skip the fun thing I want to do. I guess I'll cover for you. You know, it's like that type of thing. Um, you know, I do all the work. It's the martyr out there. You know somebody who's like that. All right, then you got the cynics. Okay, the cynics, these are the types of people that they, they think the worst is always going to happen. Like things are never, ever, ever going to get better. It's always the worst. Worst case scenario. Um, this past week, I, uh, when I got back um, from a trip on Thursday morning, I got a letter in the mail from a Heidelberg student, and, um, and I usually when I get letters in the mail um, uh, here at church, it's uh, not, I, I, that, it rarely happens, okay, but, you know, when I get a letter in the mail, I'm like, great, someone's got complaints, okay, let's hear it, all right, I'm like, ready, get myself ready for the battle, all right. All right, what I do, you know, this time. And so I'm, uh, I open this letter, and it starts off, and it's, like, super nice. Like, it's like, hey, I just want to let you know, you know, I'm a Heidelberg student, and, um, and you know, so thankful for your church and what you've done for me. And, you know, the, the student started coming in 2019 when we opened, and she's like, my life has just changed, changed, changed so much. And I'm reading through this letter, and it's all, like, good stuff. And even at the end, I'm like, okay, one more paragraph. This is where she's going to lay it. You know, this is where I'm going to hear about it. You know, what is it? And it's the the cynic in me where it's just, it's not even, I'm not complaining out loud because, you know, I'm not talking out loud to myself, but it's just the negative attitude in my mind of like, here we go. No way I get a completely nice letter. You know, that's how us Christians do it. We wrap everything real nice, but inside we have like the dagger, all right? I'm like waiting for that, all right? Um, so you got the cynic, okay? It's in all of us. We all do this from time to time. Um, you also got the perfectionist, okay? We all know this person. This person is like, um, they're never satisfied with anything, okay? Never thing is ever good enough 
for them or for, or for their point of view. Um, you got the perfectionist, okay? You also, lastly, got like the negative Nelly, okay? I don't know what to call this one. Um, but these people are just, I think these people just enjoy being negative. Right? Or they're just in the habit. I don't know what the deal is. And when these people are called out, what do they say? They say, I'm not being negative. I'm just being honest. Right? You've heard that before. All right? These are the negative Nellies. And these people are just never happy. No matter what you could do, no matter what happens in their life, it seems like they're never happy. And by the way, these are the people that, you know, they're at work and you don't even ask how are you doing anymore? Because you've done that a few times, and every time you ask, hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Hey, how's this doing? It's like they unload on you. It's like, well, you know, um, you know, life isn't good right now, or I'm lonely, and I'm stressed out, and I'm tired, and my dog died last year, and I just got all this stuff going on. You're just like, okay, 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 okay. I didn't care that much, all right? It's like that type of person. So you don't even ask them how they're doing anymore because you know it's bad no matter what's going on in their life. See, every single one of us, we all fall into not one, but several of these categories because every single one of us, we are all complainers. And so all of those things that we complain about, the weather, our boss, our family, our car, whatever that could be, those actually aren't the problem. Our problem, and this is me too, right? Um, your problem is that you have taken your eyes off of the goodness of God and you've placed them on yourself. That's the issue. Okay, that's why we complain. We've taken our eyes off of everything good that God has done for us, which, by the way, if you were just to sit there and think about the goodness that God has done, I mean, it's just so much. It's huge, all right? You can't, like, you can't even comprehend it. Our minds can't even fathom it. Um, and it's just, it's just, he's just done so, he's just so good to us. Uh, I've told you guys how sometimes on uh, Saturday, it's only on Saturday nights. I don't know what the deal is. So that means it's psychological and that means it's partly your fault. Um, but I, it's only happened since Tiffin opened, but I don't sleep that well on Saturday nights. I don't know what the deal is. I'm like wide awake. My blood's pumping. I don't know. I'm just like laying there and I'm like, okay, I'm so bored. And so this last night was one of those nights. I don't know why I prayed to God that he let me go to sleep, but, he, but I don't. And, um, and so I watched a movie, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, wow, you know, I'm so bored, and I just need to sleep, otherwise I'm going to mess up tomorrow morning. And, um, and as I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know what, this is what I'll do for the next hour. This is at 3 a.m. this morning. I'm like, I'm just going to thank God for all the things I could think of. And I started thinking through, and I'm just like, thank you for this and this. And by the way, this, 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 this. And I haven't ever thanked you for that before, but that's awesome. And thank you for bringing this in my life. And I really appreciate this. And hey, that's very helpful. Thank you for that. I would have never have thought about that. And I'm thinking through all this stuff, and it's just, it just rolls you know, off your brain. It's just like thing after thing after thing after thing. And it's just God is so good to us. And we... We take our eyes off of the immense goodness of what God's given us, and we place it on the smallness of us, of ourselves. And that's a problem. And so my goal today is not to shame you. My goal today is not to say, hey, you're a complainer. You're a complainer. You're a complainer. You're a complainer. You're a terrible person because you're a complainer. That's not my goal today. My goal today is, hey, we're all complainers. We're all terrible people. We're all messed up, okay, including myself. And so what I want to do is I want to look at the problem and I want to learn and try to figure out how do we take our eyes off of ourselves, which is what we are naturally prone to do, and how do we focus our eyes on God's goodness in our life and be content. So you guys ready? All right, we're going to jump right in. Paul, he doesn't hold anything back. I mean, he's just like, here it is, okay? 
in Philippians chapter 2. He says, hey, do everything. By the way, what's the word everything mean? We go through this sometimes. All right, everything means everything. Okay, so everything, all circumstances, all situations, all the things that are going on in your life, it doesn't really matter because everything, it inclu- you know, all falls into the category of everything. He says, do everything without grumbling and arguing. Now, this word for grumbling in the Greek and in the English is actually a word that sounds like what it means. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so it's like grumble. You know, it's this, it's this word of people um, complaining and people grumbling about things. And actually, the word can also be translated as complaining. And so it's this thing. Here's Paul. He's saying, hey, you need to watch out. All right, he says, you do everything, whatever you got going on in your life. All right, everything, meaning good days or bad days or happy days or sad days. All right, you got, you got good grades, bad grades, good job, you know, terrible job. You got a great boss. You hate your boss, or you shouldn't hate your boss, okay? Um, you got a good future. You got a dim future. Whether you got great circumstances, bad circumstances, whether you have an awesome marriage or you have a horrible marriage, whether you have a great family or a terrible family, whether you got money in the bank or whether you're broke or whether you have a good life or a bad life. Here's Paul saying, it does not matter. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. He says, do everything without grumbling or do everything without complaining. And when Paul's writing about grumbling and complaining here, he's actually using the same language. This is why he uses the word grumbling. All right, not only does it sound like what it is, the grumble part of it, um, but he's using the same language that Moses used to describe the nation of Israel during the exodus out of Egypt. Now, you guys remember this story. We actually talked about this um, just a few weeks ago. We went through the, some of this, and, um, and he's using the same language here. You guys remember how this goes? Okay, so the Jewish people, they were slaves in Egypt for around 400 years, and then what's God do? He calls this random guy named Moses out, and he says, hey, Moses, I want you to lead my people. I'm going to use you to lead my people out of Egypt, and it's going to be awesome. And so um, Moses does this, and the Jewish people, uh, they, they watch miracle after miracle after miracle, and they watch all these like plagues and all these terrible things happen to the Egyptians because they refuse, Pharaoh refuses to let the people go. And, um, and they get to witness this stuff with their own eyes. So they know that God's like real, right? And then what happens? They get out. Actually, Pharaoh, he, he says, you guys need to leave. And they take all of the riches out of Egypt. They take all their stuff. People are like paying them to leave. And they, they leave. And then they go um, between the, you know, they go by the Red Sea. And then God splits the sea. And they walk through on dry ground. And then the sea goes back. And they're following a pillar of fire. And they're fed from this stuff called manna that we don't even know what it is. Um, this like bread-like substance from that, that God provides for them. Miraculously, they get water from a rock. They, their clothes don't wear out. And what do these people do? Same thing my kids did all last week. The same thing we uh, do so many times in the middle of our blessings every day. What'd they do? They whined, they griped, they grumbled, and they complained. Constantly. And they do this over and over and over. Actually, there's no better example of complainers in the Bible than this whole nation of Israel. Right? They complain about water, so God gives them water. They complain about food, so God gives them food. Later, they complain about the food that God gave them because they're tired of that food, so God gives them different food. I mean, it's just, they just complain over and over and over again. And here's an example. This is how it goes. It's just constant. It's a cycle going back and forth, back and forth. It says the entire Israelite community, they grumbled. Here's the word. All right, this is where Paul's pointing back to. 
He's saying, they grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the Israelites, they said to them, they say, hey, I got to say this in a really whiny voice because this is how I'm sure it sounded. Okay. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt. They're like, if only we would have just died. It would have been so better. Talk about negative Nelly. Okay, this is what these people are. Like, they're just like, if only we would have died. All right. They got like all categories in here. It's like, remember those days? When we sat by pots of meat, all right, by the way, pots of meat, sitting by a pot of meat doesn't sound so bad right now because I'm hungry, okay? But uh, here they are, they're like, when we sat by pots of meat and we ate all the bread that we wanted, those days were so good. Instead, Moses, you, you brought us into the wilderness to make this whole assembly, this whole nation die of hunger, all right? Look at us, all right? This is so terrible. We loved being slaves, that was so fun. We had all the food we wanted. And we had all the work, you know, that we could possibly have wanted as well. And we hate being free where the Lord provides for us. This is terrible. Just complaining and whining over and over and over again. And Moses' response is so key. And this is how he responds. And this is what we need to, this is one of the points I just want to make this morning. Is he says, who are we? He's like, oh, you're complaining against me? You're complaining against me and my brother Aaron. Like, like, who am I? Why are you complaining against me? He says, your complaints are not against me, but against the Lord. Right? So think about that. Every time that we complain, like, do you realize this? Every time that we complain or vent, okay, I know some of you guys, you're already substituting the word. You're like, well, I don't complain, I vent. Okay? Venting's the same thing. All right? You can't just change the word and think you're good. All right? Venters, all right. Do you realize that every time you complain or every time you vent, do you realize you're actually complaining against God? Does that freak you out a little bit? Because that should. That freaks me out a little bit as I'm thinking about this this week. I'm just like, oh, man, it's a little freaky. All right, so Paul, what he's doing here thousands of years later is he's writing this letter um, to this church in Philippi. Is he's, he's using the same language. He's, he's, and, and then the readers totally understand this because most of the readers are Jewish people. And they're like, oh, grumbling. Okay, we know what you're, what you're pointing at. You actually remember, you know, we, re, we know the stories about Moses bringing the, the Jewish people out of Egypt. And so he's trying to get the readers to connect. He's basically saying, hey, you remember what Moses pointed out? We should never complain. And then Paul explains why. He says, so do everything without grumbling and arguing. He's like, you can't be complaining. Every situation all falls in the same category of everything. He says, here's the reason why. Okay, this is it. So that, this is why, this is the reason, this is why it matters so much to God. He says, so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. All right, here he's saying, he's saying, why? Like, why should you, why, why should we not complain? Not, you know, if, if just that God told us not to is not good enough. All right, he's, he's saying, here's the reason. This is why God cares about it so much is because the world is obsessed with complaining. Have you noticed that before? No. Okay, watch the news tonight. Okay, you'll see. Okay. The world is obsessed with complaining. 
Everybody's about fairness. Everybody's whining. Everybody's complaining. Everybody has all these, everybody's a martyr. You know, it's just all this stuff is going on around us. And here's Paul. It was the same thing, by the way. I don't think we as, as humans have changed at all on the inside. We are the same people as they were 2,000 years ago in Paul's day. And Paul's saying, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, you know, um, church in Philippi, he's like, the world, all right, they are filled with complaining. All right, they're all about complaining, but not us. Not Christians. We're not supposed to be complainers. We're not supposed to be negative like that. And when we stop complaining, this is what Paul says, you know what people are going to do? You know what the world is going to do? They notice. They notice. You stop complaining on your team, your teammates are going to notice. You stop complaining at work, your fellow employees, they're going to notice. Right, stop complaining at home. Right, your family is going to notice. The world notices when we stop complaining. I mean, that's exactly what he says. He says, um, he, he says it in a more figuratively way. He says, hey, you will shine. Right? Like the world is so dark and the world is so evil. This is what happens when you start complaining. You are like a beacon of light. Everybody around can see you. Everybody around, they all, you know, and you're bright light. Like you're shining like the stars of the world. He's saying, he's saying people can't miss it. And so the question that we got to ask ourselves, okay, is, is, all right, so I know that I shouldn't complain, and actually when I do complain, I'm actually complaining against God, which kind of freaks me out a little bit, and that doesn't seem good. And so I get that. How do we do it? It's easy to say, okay, right here, you know, 9.48 a.m., Sunday, July, June 12th, or whatever it is, 11th, 12, no, 12th, all right, today I stopped complaining. All right, easy to say that. That's not how it happens. Right? Because it's like ingrained in us. Like our minds are, are trained to complain. It's not as easy as just saying it. And so the question is, how do we do it? And the trick is, as Christians, especially us as Christians, what we got to do is we just have to change our perspective. That's what it is. That's the answer. Is we got to change our perspective. We got to change what we say about it, whatever it is. All right? We got to change how we think about it, whatever it is. I mean, it's all in the mind. It's a battle that every single one of us, we have, to, we have to compete in on a daily basis. And we gotta take our eyes off of ourselves for just a moment and we gotta focus our eyes on God's goodness. Now, again, this isn't something that just comes natural for us. This is something that has to be learned. And Paul explains this in just a few paragraphs later as he's wrapping up his letter. So one of the reasons why Paul writes this letter is he's saying uh, they had sent him a gift and he's just saying thank you, but then he also wants to point out some things that they need to work on. One of those is complaining. So at the end of his letter, a few paragraphs later, he says, hey, I just want to let you guys know that I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again, you renewed your care for me. He's like, hey, I got your gift. All right, and I appreciate your gift. Remember, Paul's in prison. Paul had to still support himself. It's not like prison today where you got like, you know, TV and I don't know, all this stuff that they got. Food, okay? They didn't feed Paul. All right, Paul had to, people had to feed Paul for him. And so that's part of the reason why they were sending money um, to help pay for his care. He's saying, I rejoice in the Lord greatly because once again, you renewed your care for me. You were, in fact, concerned about me, but you lacked the opportunity to show it. So here, Paul, he's saying, hey, I received your gift, and I just want to say thank you that you were able to do what you were able to do for me. And he also acknowledges saying, hey, I, I know that you've wanted to help me out for a long time, but you just were not able to. 
Okay, you got to remember that in the Roman Empire, it's not like today. You couldn't just jump on a plane or a train or jump in your car and drive and deliver, you know, food or money or whatever. You couldn't do that, right? Uh, so this was actually, from Philippi to Rome, is actually, actually a two to three month walk. And so somebody had to take off work, right, and figure that out, and, you know, and, and make that trip, hopefully without kids, right, two to three months. And so they, this guy goes, this guy who goes from Philippi is this guy named Epaphroditus. And we learn in chapter 2 of Philippians that Epaphroditus, he actually almost dies because he gets sick along the way. All right, so it's a dangerous thing, and it's a, it's a big deal for these people to send a guy with this gift. And so here's Paul. One of the main reasons for this letter is he's just saying, thank you. just want to say thank you. In verse 11, he says, and I don't say this out of need. He's like, thank you for the gift. I'm not saying I need your gift. All right, I don't need the things that you're providing me. He says, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. Key word here is learned, right? Learned, meaning it's not natural for us, meaning it just doesn't happen for us, right? Okay, all right, we all agree with that. Um, this is something that uh, it's not just he's an easygoing guy. It's not just Paul, oh, that's his personality. So, yeah, easy for Paul. My personality is different, so it doesn't apply to me. That's not what's going on here, okay? He had to learn it just like we have to learn it. It's just like we have to learn and train our minds to get our eyes off of ourselves and focus on God's goodness. This is something that we have to learn to do. Like, this is something that takes time and effort on our part to take care of. It's not natural. Every single one of us, we are all in the same boat here. And I think that's what we just don't seem to understand. See, what we do is we push back, right? When we hear stuff like this, we're like, well, you know, I don't complain uh, that much. And sometimes we already debunked the venting thing, okay? Because I know that's the other thing is I'm just venting. No, you are complaining against God, okay? Um, but uh, we push back saying, well, here's the deal, Zach. All right, you don't know what I'm going through. And you're right. I don't. Or you don't know what my family's like. Or yeah, in most situations, I don't complain. Right? Even when bad things happen, I don't, I don't complain. But this particular situation, it's just, it's just different. It is driving me crazy. Or we think to ourselves, like, I have the right to be discontent because my friend or my brother or my ex-wife or my ex-husband, they are all doing great in their life. And my life just doesn't seem to measure up and it just doesn't seem to be fair. Or we think, I deserve better than what I got. See, it's all about perspective. I mean, think about it. You think you have a bad? Just saying. You think you have a bad? Paul, the guy who's writing this letter, chained 24-7 to a Roman guard in a Roman prison, having to still figure out a way to feed himself, I think he had it pretty bad. I mean, actually, in 2 Corinthians, Paul kind of lists out some of the things that he had been through, and he's not complaining about it. He's just saying, hey, here's the facts. Like, this is, this is what I went through, but it's okay, and I can still have joy even though I went through this stuff. He talks about how he had been beaten more times than he could even count. He talks about how he was constantly in danger of death. He received 39 lashes five different times in his life. Uh, the Romans were experts on, like, pain, all right, and punishment, and the Romans knew that, hey, if someone got 40 lashes, they would probably die. But if they got 39 lashes, they'd be on the brink of death, but they probably would not die. 
right? So Paul's like, I was on the brink of death like five different times by lashes. He says, I've been beaten with rods three different times. He says he had been stoned and shipwrecked three times, and he had spent one time, he spent a day and night in the sea, and he had faced dangers by rivers and robbers, and his own people, the Jewish people, were trying to track him down and kill him. I bet that hurt his own people. But there was other people trying to kill him as well. He had faced dangers in the city, but also out in the wilderness and in the sea. And he had, he's had so many sleepless nights. He had experienced starving, where he's had so many days without food. But he had also ex- has experienced dying of thirst. He's experienced unbelievable cold. And on top of that, he's experienced this pain, this sickness that, that has come upon him that he keeps praying to God to take away. And God says, no. And Paul's like, okay. And on top of that, He feels a bunch of pressure to care for the people in all the different churches that he started spread throughout the entire Roman Empire while those people are being killed for their faith in Jesus. All right, so like if anybody has a good excuse to complain about their circumstances, in my opinion, it's just me, it's Paul and not us. And so here he is sitting in prison. I want you to think about this. I want you to picture this in your mind. Here's Paul sitting in prison. He's, got, he's handcuffed to a, to a guard, chained to a guard, and this is what he writes. Verse 12, he says, I know. He's pinning it down. He says, I know how to make do with the little, like what I'm going through right now, and I also know how to make do with a lot. He says, in any and all circumstances. Again, that covers everything. Everything. We got no excuse. He says, I have learned the secret of being content. See, the word secret here is actually a Greek word for um, being initiated. It's kind of like the, the idea around it. And so here's Paul. He's like, hey, um, it's almost like he's in the secret club. It's kind of cool how, he, like, if you dig in and you figure out what the words, what kind of the extra meaning, what Paul's meaning here, is he's, it's kind of like he's hinting towards, he's saying, hey, it's like I'm in a secret club. Right? And this club, the name of this club is People Who Don't Get Freaked Out About Stuff Club. Okay? And guess what? It's a secret club, and I'm in it. And it's awesome. All right? It's great. I love every minute of it because I've learned the secret of being content. Like, that's the answer. Like, that's, that's, that's how you do it. He says in the next, he's, in the next sentence, he says, Whether well-fed or hungry, it doesn't matter. Whether in abundance or need, that doesn't matter either. Here he is, he's saying, hey, I know how to become content while being wealthy. Uh, Before he was a Christian, we know that Paul was a young, uh, fluent, wealthy, rising star. I mean, Paul was the next it before he became a Christian. But here he is in prison. He's saying, I also know how to be content with nothing. I'm good with this. This is what God wants for my life. I can handle it. He says, I know how to be content when I have more food than I could possibly ever eat, which is like us today. Or he's saying, I also know how it is to be content when I am starving. See what he's doing here? Like, this is so key. See what he's doing? He's saying contentment, this is, pay attention. If you haven't listened to anything, listen to this. Contentment is not in any way related to your circumstances. You get that? Contentment is not in any way related to how good or how bad your circumstances 
All right. It doesn't matter. I mean, here's Paul. He's saying either way. Like if it's wealth that God gives me, that's awesome. I would consider it none of it truly mine. I would use that wealth to reach other for Jesus, and, I can, and I, God can use it that way. Or if I have nothing, that's great too, because then I have the opportunity to trust in God and put my full faith in him and do whatever he wants me to do. It doesn't matter. All right? It does not matter which take place. It doesn't matter if everybody loves me or if everybody hates me or if I'm healthy or if I'm sick or if everything works like it's supposed to or nothing seems to work in my life. Doesn't matter if I'm comfortable or uncomfortable. He's saying it doesn't matter. I have learned to be content in everything. Circumstances just don't matter. They do not affect my contentment. They do not affect my perspective. See, our contentment is never to be connected to our circumstances, and that's the change in perspective that every single one of us have to learn. Like, that's the secret. That's what Paul's trying to get us to understand. That's the secret that Paul is talking about. By the way, let me just point out, we get that contentment in complaining are kind of opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Two opposite things, right? And it's lack of contentment in our life that leads to complaining. And that's what it is. Or it's the desire for more that is like a breeding ground for complaining in our life. And so as we wrap this up here today, again, I'm not trying to point fingers because the fingers are pointed at all of us. As we wrap this up today, I just want to ask us a couple questions. First one is, what is it, right, like you to yourself, what is it that you complain about most in your life? Like what's that thing? I know we have like a 100 things. All right, but pick out the biggest thing. Like what is it that you complain about most in your life? What is it that you have the habit of complaining about most in your life. Okay? You got that thing? <laughs> Giving you the look I give my kids on a trip. I'm mad. All right. Okay. You got that thing? Okay. Now here's the question for you. How can you start changing your perspective? Not this week. Not tomorrow. Today. What do you got to do? How can you start changing your perspective on that thing, whatever that thing is, today? What changes do you have to start making? Remember, this is not, a, this is not just going to happen overnight. Right? This is something that has to be learned. Like it's a process. Unfortunately for all of us, you know, we're messed up and we're not perfect, but it's something that we have to learn. It's something that we have to battle and compete in our minds with every single day. You know, I was sitting down this week, and I'm, you know, wondering, I'm like, you know what? It's kind of crazy, because here's Paul, he's saying here, you know, God's saying, hey, if you stop complaining, people are going to notice. It's going to be crazy, and you're going to shine for God in this dark world. And it just made me think. I'm like, hey, what if we as Grace Community Church just simply stop complaining? I'm not saying stop sinning, okay? I'm just saying, what if we just stopped complaining? Like this one thing we just kicked out of our life, or we cut it out of our life. Like what if we as Jesus followers like together just cut out complaining from our life? Like how much more could God use us? How many people in our family or our workplace or at school or, you know, on the team or whatever it might be, how many of those people would come to decide to give their lives to Jesus simply because we cut this one thing out of our life? You know, how bright would we be as the light in this dark world? What would that do to our community 
You know I mean? It would start in our workplaces and the places that we're at and start in our families, but it would grow and grow and grow. What, where would it stop? You know, it just makes you wonder. It would completely change with our community, and it starts with us, but even more, I mean, it's just what God tells us to do. And so we got to remember, this is what I want you to remember as we go throughout this week. Number one, when we complain, we actually complain against God, which should bother you. We got to change our perspective. And the secret to changing that, or to, to not complaining as, cha- as we change our perspective is learning to be content no matter what happens. Right? It's taking our eyes off of ourself, being content with who we are and being content with what we have. And we take our eyes off ourselves and we put our eyes on the immense goodness that God has given us. That's what we need to do. That's the secret to not complaining. That's how we learn to be content with what we have. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this church. Um, God, every single one of us, we are terrible complainers. We just are, right? Um, We're not good at being content, and so we complain about everything. We complain against you, and it's messed up. God, we ask that you would convict us and that you point out those areas in our life that need to change, and we need to change our perspective. God, please do that. Help us to work on this and put effort into this and and fight the battle in our minds to change our perspective and be content with what you've given us and above all, not complain. God, we thank you for everything that you've given us more than what we could ever imagine. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen.